Praise the Lord. So right now we're going to get started with our pastoral interview with Pastor Todd Rigney. He's over at International Community Church in Frederick, Maryland. I tell you, Pastor, it's a pleasure having you here this morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, Shelton, for giving me this opportunity. It's certainly an honor. Well, I tell you, uh, many people have questions they always want to ask pastors. They, they, these burning questions that no one really wants to answer. But you know, we're <laughs> we're going to try to be somewhat uh, gentle here. So, all right. So, but let's get right into the interview, if you don't mind. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So, um, what's your favorite activity to do outside of church? My favorite activity to do outside of church, I have to say, is playing golf. Playing golf? Are you a good golfer? I'm horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible golfer. It's more like Easter egg hunting than it is playing golf. But nevertheless, I do enjoy it. It gives me, it gives me an outlet to get away and, and something that I can concentrate on enough that I can shut out. Uh, all the other concerns. <laughs> ah, so now I see why so many pastors seem to love golf. That's, <laughs> right. that's a pretty good reason. Right. So what other things do pastors do during the week? I, I imagine that you guys are, are just intricately involved in things in the church and so on. But like, what does is, what is your week look like? Typically, just a typical week, Shelton, is uh, I have a staff meeting. Uh, pretty much every week, uh, have council meetings. Uh, you know the meetings with the leadership of our church, and uh, a lot of my time, and I do emphasize a lot of my time is spent uh, studying preparation uh, for the next uh, message or the next lesson I teach, uh, as well as uh, I preach, and uh, you know those things. Those things don't come in a matter of a couple of hours. That that actually takes most of my time uh, during the week is spending uh, talking to God, meditating on His Word, and uh, and discerning what I believe the Lord is wanting to say to His people. It's, it, that is the other than prayer. That is the most important thing that I do. That's phenomenal, and I know that. You have so many people in the congregation, and I imagine you must get calls all the time, uh, whether it's to visit people in the, in the hospital. I know during the pandemic it's a little different, but nevertheless, um, I'm sure that you have to do a lot of pastoral care throughout the week as well. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, we're, uh, I mean, you know, we're on call as a pastor. We're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That doesn't mean that I can, I can be uh, at a particular place, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But people call. I do a lot of prayer, especially now during COVID. We're not allowed into the hospitals. Um, so a lot of that is we've been restricted from a lot of what we would normally do. Spend a lot of time on the phone, talking to people, counseling people, praying with people, wow. uh, encouraging them. People need encouragement more now uh, than I have ever seen in my ministry. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. So how do you balance church and your family life effectively? You know, probably one of the most, uh, one of the most, I guess you'd say, productive and profitable things that I've been taught outside, you know, of Bible, of course, is uh, how to put everything on my calendar. And what I mean by that is, is, 
you know, my professional time is is scheduled on my calendar, and my my personal and private time is also scheduled on my calendar. That's that's the only way that I can uh, truly prioritize myself adequately. Because you know, I wish I could sit here and tell you that I'm one of those guys who can keep everything uh, prioritized correctly all the time and keep everything balanced the way it needs to be. But I'm not. I, I have to. I have to have a calendar, a schedule, something to keep me on track, hmm. or else uh, I'll lose my way, just like anybody else would. Uh, that's a lesson learned for all of us men out there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we should start putting things on our calendar, even planning out time for our families. I think that's great. Um, this question may be a little bit more personal, but do you regret any of the ministry moves you've made in your lifetime? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And I have to, I have to say yes. <laughs> uh, for, the, for the most part, by far for the most part. Uh, our ministry experience has been very positive. Uh, it's been very, very, uh, very blessed in a lot of ways. We've been very blessed by the Lord in so many ways. But there's one instance uh, early on, thankfully, I can say it was early on in our ministry, that uh, we were given an opportunity to go to a church. I won't say the name of the church, but uh, it, was a, it was a very good position, especially just starting out in ministry and uh, had all the all the benefits that anybody could ever want especially in one of their first positions and you know uh, we jumped on it my wife said she didn't think we should do it but I ignored my wife's (laughs) counsel and I lived to regret it and unfortunately she did too we took the position uh, didn't pray enough, if at all, and uh, took it on surface value rather than really seeking the will of God for it. And we lasted through it three months there. And um, we weren't fired, I'd like to say. We <laughs> probably would have been if we would have stayed any longer. But, uh, but I had to go in and talk to the pastor and uh, just be very frank with him, be very open and honest that, I missed it, and um, he wasn't very happy. It was a, it was a spanking that I deserved, <laughs> and it was a lesson learned. But yeah, that was one time that I missed it. My wife didn't. I did, and uh, it was it was a mess. But God delivered us anyway. Thankfully, that's one of the things I love about you is that you are not afraid to let people know that hey. Sometimes I've made mistakes, but it's it's okay because we all do. We all make mistakes. We all do. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So what's been your biggest joy in ministry? You know, and that, that's a hard question. It really is because there are so many things that I thoroughly enjoy. I'm, I'm one who is, I can honestly, sincerely say, uh, regardless of the size of church that I've pastored, we've, we've pastored churches of all different sizes, in several different locations over the years. But uh, pastoring is something that I've thoroughly uh, enjoyed doing and it's something that I sincerely consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to have that opportunity to do. But uh, it's hard to answer that question because there are so many things that I enjoy doing. 
Uh, but I have to say the most enjoyable thing of all, and honestly, is, believe it or not, is studying and preparing to preach because over the years, uh, putting that time, I've learned is truly, it is truly an investment. Not just putting that time in to have a sermon to preach, although we're all tempted to do that as pastors because of the time constraints that we have based on how busy the week is. However, uh, but honestly, being able to meditate on the Word of God, uh, study the Word of God through you know different methods of study and meditation is learning more about who God is. Mm. And there's something about that that truly opens up an avenue to where God reveals Himself. Yes. He reveals himself in a way that I don't believe I otherwise would have had the privilege of experiencing uh, just through studying and meditating on the Word of God. I, for me personally, and it's a hard one, I'd have to say that's number one. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So let me ask you this question. Knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself when you first started ministry? I would say hang in there. Um you know, as much as I've always loved pastoring, uh, it hasn't definitely, it definitely has not always been easy. We've gone through some real intense storms in the church, in our family, uh, you know, which I, I don't want to get too personal right now. We don't have that much time, first of all. But nevertheless, on several fronts, we've experienced some real storms, some real challenges. And I would say hang in there, keep pressing on. It's worth it all. Hmm. Reminds me of that scripture, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong. All right. So what's your strategy for consistent Bible reading and prayer? It sounds like this is something that you're regularly doing each week. But what's your strategy? How do you plan that out? The only way that I can do it uh, consistently because, because of the wide range of demands that is on a pastor. Uh, I mean, you know, something different is coming up all the time. And honestly, when we walk into this office day after day, we honestly, sincerely do not know what's what's awaiting us when we get here. But what I do, again, is I schedule it on my calendar. And I block, uh, uh, it's called block scheduling. I block time out on my calendar uh, to study, to read the Word, uh, to pray. If I don't do that, it'll get away from me. I mean, believe me, the devil will make sure it'll get away from me if you don't block time it on your calendar and make it a priority. Oh, phenomenal, phenomenal. So what one book, other than the Bible, has most influenced you in your life? Man, I tell you, that that is truly a good question. Um and I have to say, uh, one book that stands out above all the other books that I've read um, throughout my life in ministry is a book by Gordon MacDonald called Order in Your Private World. Mm. That book, for me, now, now you may read that book and say, well, what was the big deal? To me personally, probably because of where I was as a young man, um, you know, still trying to figure things out, even though we're, I'm still trying to figure them out today. 
But that book, Order in Your Private World, gave me some spiritual counsel that has carried me uh, very, very far personally in my own relationship with Jesus Christ, helping me to keep Christ in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ the priority. Mm. And uh, that, to me, that was a phenomenal book that God truly used to change my life in a, in a very significant, significant way. Wow. All right. You guys have heard it here. Order in your private world. I, I want to run out and get that copy right now. It's worth it. All right. All right. So let's get a little bit lighter here. But what do pastors usually talk about when they get together? Anything but church. <laughs> That's a great answer. Football, baseball, basketball, you know. Yeah, we, you know, guys, you know, guy, hey, and then pastors are not always guys. I'm not saying that, but a lot of the pastors I hang around are guys. And, you know, uh, we're like any other guy, you know. We, we don't want to really talk about our feelings a whole lot. <laughs> we'll, share, we'll share the latest jokes, you know, that we can actually share in the pulpit. Clean, of course. Clean, <laughs> sanctified, of course. And... Um, you know, just what guys talk about. That's you know? great. Uh, that's pretty much what we do. We love to talk about sports usually. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, let's go a little deeper again. But what's the hardest part about pastoral ministry? Uh, the hardest part, uh, and that's varied. You know, that has changed over the years because uh, there are some seasons that the hardest part was different. Um. But I would say the most difficult season that I have gone through personally was one of isolation. Uh, you know, when you're a pastor, it's a little different now because, you know, we work in the office together. We have staff members to be around and and talk to and, and joke with. And, and boy, I enjoy that more than I can say. But when you're pastoring out there and you don't have any staff around you, uh, it gets lonely, mm. deeply lonely. And um, I'm not saying as far as, you know, you, I've got my wife, of course, my spouse. But when it comes to uh, just having friends, you know, it, it can be a challenge sure. when you're the pastor. Everybody looks at you differently. They act differently when you come around. They talk differently when you come around. And I, I guess they should. Uh but nevertheless, I would say isolation was has been over the years one of my biggest, biggest challenges, personally speaking. Oh, thank you for sharing that. All right, so what can church members do to encourage their pastors? Affirm him over and over and over and over again. I mean, he he uh, he needs affirmation. You know, your pastor deals with a lot of negative stuff. You know. Um, I can't, I don't know if I, I can't say that we're as extreme as such as a police officer is, you know, where they're in the line of work where they, they see only the negative side, the bad side of people. Selfless, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, that's not the case for a pastor. We see both sides. But, uh, but honestly, sincerely, affirmation is very important. Uh, letting him know, hey, I'm praying for you. Uh, you know, 
um, I, 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 I'm conf- I, I have confidence in you. You know, you're doing a good job. That means more than what people can know, more than anything else. Yeah, I can imagine. I know that some churches have pastor appreciation, and, and um, but that's like maybe once a year or twice a year tops. And, and so I'm sure throughout the year, it would be nice just to hear people um, come up to you and just let you know, nice message, or you're doing a great job. I mean, seldom do you probably hear somebody say, hey, you're doing a great job as a pastor, huh? Right. Yeah, I mean, you... Uh, now you hear it. I'm not going to say you never hear it, but I, I just I don't think that uh, uh, most pastors can hear it enough because, uh, and this is this is delving uh, deeper spiritually here, but what people don't understand is how loud the devil screams in a pastor's ear mm. all the negative stuff. I mean, even while you're preaching. Uh, it's just like a thousand voices sometimes screaming in your ear that you are blowing it, mm. and and you know, and it's done in a way that you you really you really start to believe it. You know, I'm really blowing it, and that's where depression sits in and and discouragement. So yeah, yeah, I would definitely say affirmation. And this isn't one of the questions that I had planned to ask. I know that. Governor Hogan, I believe he's done a really good job in Maryland with regards to the pandemic and how we're moving through the pandemic. I also want to compliment you. I think you've done a wonderful job here at ICC. Um, The name of our church here is ICC. But I think you've done a wonderful job helping us to navigate through the pandemic, first online and then in person and online. Um, I'm sure that there's been a challenge as far as many different voices coming at you to ask you not to reopen or to reopen and so on. How do you how do you listen but at the same time block out all the noise? Because you're getting just comments from everyone. You know, and, and this is probably gonna sound like a cliche, but uh honestly is uh you know, I, I've learned over the years well I, let me put it this way, I'm gonna say I've learned, I have found over the years that it's there in those intense, tough, tough times that God makes his voice known uh, the most obvious. And God, he really does, he honestly, sincerely does speak uh, loud and clear. Uh, The more intense your circumstances become the louder God's voice tends to become. And that is so true. It's been so true in my life. And uh, I'm not saying it's easy. It doesn't come instantaneously. Sometimes it's sleepless nights, laying in a bed, you know, quite frankly, because God uh, couldn't talk to you any earlier that day because you were too busy to listen to him. So, you know, sometimes he wakes me up in the middle of the night. Hmm because that's the only time he can get my undivided attention and, uh, and talks to me while I'm laying in my bed. Uh, and, um, and really, he does speak louder and more clearly as the level of intensity of life circumstances become. Excellent, excellent answer. All right, so um, let me ask you this question. What do you think you do well as a husband and father and what do you wish you could improve upon? 
what do you think you do well as a husband and father? Ooh, that's a question for my wife. To <laughs> it is. I'm glad you said that because she's going to be the next interview. <laughs> <laughs> so I better get it right. <laughs> I better get it right. Uh, what do I think I do well as a husband and father? Um Oh, man, that, that's really tough. Really and I ask that question in light of being a pastor, because obviously, again, you have to balance the, the work and you have to balance the family life. So, you know, for those who um, who are working, maybe they're working late hours and at the same time, they have to give time to their family. Just trying to get some insight into what you think um, other, I guess, husbands, fathers, wives, because they're working as well. Um, you know, um, you know, what can what can we do to help us balance and do better? What can, what what is it that you say? Hey, this is something that you should focus on. This is what I believe. You know, I I, I put my time into. Let's say it that way. Well, I mean, for me, that would be a few things. As far as um, I, I try to keep it simple as I possibly can. Um, again, truly. Um, spending time personally and privately with the Lord uh, is huge. It's it's a big, big deal. Number one. Number two, um, demonstrate unconditional love mm. towards your spouse, towards your kids. Um, I, I learned, I actually heard this on another interview, which I wasn't a part of, I heard a uh, minister being interviewed, and he was asked the question, "What? How do you demonstrate, you know, your support and love for your children?" He says, "I tell them every day two things: I love you, and I'm proud of you." Mm. And I try to communicate that to my children uh, every day, if at all possible. And uh, that doesn't mean that I'm proud of everything that they do, because there's some days I'm not too proud of what they did or. I'm not too proud of what decisions that they've made, but you know what? I'm not proud of everything that I do. I'm not mm. proud of every decision that I make. Right. I'm not proud of the way I handle everything that comes across my plate. But nevertheless, it's not that you're proud of everything that they do, but you you love them and you are proud of them. I would say those are keys. I love that. You know, not every person out there has had a parent figure that is affirmed to them or said words like, I'm proud of you or I love you. You know, people talk about generational curses or, or where, where a father doesn't affirm their daughter or, or, or son. And, and then that child does not, as they grow up, affirm their children and, and so on. Um, what do you think? What do you think about generational curses? Can those generational curses be stopped can they can can we change the uh the way things have been for for um for someone in that situation uh definitely can make a difference by all means now you know um romans three twenty three says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god so we're all born into a curse the mm. curse of sin uh, however, Christ came to make a difference. He came, he died on the cross in order to reverse the curse. And I believe that, uh, yes, we can definitely 
uh, make a difference in our own children's lives, our spouse's life, as well as anybody that God places in our path uh, by giving them words of affirmation, uh, you know, encourage, appreciate, and affirm. Uh, three things that we should do for everybody because everybody needs it. And, you know, I, I've learned that because I have had the privilege and the honor of ministering to a wide variety of people in a wide variety of geographical locations, as a matter of fact, rural locations as well as urban locations. And what I have found, a common denominator, is that you get out of people what you expect out of people. Mm. If you expect the worst, guess what? You're going to get the worst. But if you expect the best, and you really, in other words, what I'm saying by that is they really if they really believe that you believe in them, they're going to give you their best. I like you know? that. And I like that. That has been, for me, that has been a consistent, a very consistent, I guess you'd say, rule of thumb that I have found to be very true in dealing with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different geographical locations. You know, and I like what you said um, when I asked what you do well as a husband and father. The first thing you said is you spend time with God and you pray. And at first I thought maybe he's going off. He didn't quite understand the question. But then I realized that that is exactly what you do in order to be or to do well as a husband and a father. I think that's amazing that you brought that up. I guess that's more of a comment than a question. But I, I love hearing you say that. Um, for all of us out there, um, if we want to be amazing fathers, amazing husbands, the first thing we need to do is, is get connected with, with our Lord and Savior. Oh, my goodness, yes. By all means, yes, yes, yes. So let me ask you this question. Do you ever feel like you've taken on more than you can chew? <laughs> Every single day <laughs> of my life. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer for, for that question. And let me finish up with this one last question. What's one thing you wish that everyone knew about you? Uh, that's, that's another very good question. Uh, to keep it simple, keep it short, um, that I genuinely love them, even if I don't know them, because that's the love that God has demonstrated to me throughout my life. And... Genuinely, I want everybody to win. I don't want anybody to lose. I mean, we're all made in the image of God. Jesus died on the cross to give us a chance, not only a chance to win, but to provide the way for us to win. I want people to win, and people win through Jesus Christ. Excellent. Well, Pastor, I just appreciate you taking the time. I know your day is busy, but thank you so much for uh, for sharing some insight, uh, not only into your own walk with God, but just insight into the Word and just and just providing us with um, with just good counsel there. Uh, until next time, this is uh, Shelton Alexander. I'm signing off, um, and thank God for Pastor Todd with International Community Church here in Frederick. Thank you, Shelton.